Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey friends, welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO. For being a dedicated listener to this year's podcast, if uh, you click on the link in the description for the podcast, it'll take you directly to FOCO's website. On their website, they do all the fandom, all of it. Baseball, basketball, NFL, college, everything. They do everything. They've been killing it with these World Series Dodgers uh, bobbleheads and uh, and just, just with everything, man. So check them out, foco.com. Please use that uh, that link in the description. Add whatever you want to the cart. And then once you add whatever to the cart, from there you will save. Uh, you will get a discount. And uh, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. But huge thanks to Foco for being a huge supporter of this year's podcast. We'd also like to thank our good friends at BleedLoss.com. They have not sued us yet, but a part of it is is because we're, we have a tight time with them. And they have all the dope Dodgers merchandise you can think of. I, I talk about it a bunch. The Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt, it's there. Julio Rias, El Curichi stuff, also there. So please check out BleedLoss.com. If you use the uh, promo code BleedLossPod, you will save 10% on your purchase for being a dedicated listener to this year's podcast. So huge thanks to Bleed Loss for uh, for supporting our podcast and uh, for giving you guys that deal for uh, for supporting our podcast. So, so again, go check them out, BleedLoss.com. And thank you for uh, subscribing and listening to our, our, uh, our little podcast. If it wasn't for you guys, uh, we wouldn't be doing this every week. So huge thanks to each and every one of you for... Uh, for supporting the podcast. But on that note, here is another edition of the Bleed Loss Podcast. And it's your boys, Alonso Juan, another edition of the Bleed Loss Podcast this week. Uh, but this week we have a really special guest. If uh, you've been to the Ravine, you've been to Dodger Stadium, you've uh, you've heard him introduce anyone and everyone. Uh, we have Todd Lights this week. Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing Dodgers have won two straight, and uh, I think we've turned the season around. So I'm feeling really good this, today. We, uh, we really appreciate the time, and now that the Dodgers are uh, the best team in baseball for the last two games, we wanted to uh, to have you on to uh, to shoot the breeze, you know, because I feel like uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of folks know you, but they don't know you, if that makes sense. Sure, it does. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a disembodied voice in the system, and, you know, I don't, I don't get to do a whole lot of creativity, you know, because my... My position as PA announcer for Dodger Stadium is is a role that's it's official. It's part of the Major League Baseball game, so I don't get to kind of riff and and ad lib a lot. I'm my my job is pretty straight, uh, so it's not surprising that uh, it's just a voice that you hear at the stadium. But there's so much more to me. No, and that, and I'm 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 glad we're going to dive into that today. So let's just let's just dive into it. How long have you been with the Dodgers, and how did you even get into this gig? Oh, uh, um, I've been, this is my seventh season with the Dodgers. I started in 2015 
And boy, we've had a hell of a run since that time. I've uh, been privileged to, you know, be be there to see some amazing baseball, some crushing, crushing hard break. You know, this throw celebrating on our field for the World Series victory. That was just horrible. Um, you know, getting gut punched by the Washington Nationals after our team had the best record in baseball and we're clearly the one of the best teams in baseball in 2019. But I've also seen the, the joy and then the comebacks and the walk-offs and the, just all the great stuff. So what a great core group of people and what a privilege it's, it's been to sit, as I call it, in the catbird seat right there above home plate and, and, and watch this great team uh, and these great players do what they do. So it's it's been tremendously amazing. Um, I'm so happy that the Dodgers, as that group of guys headed by Kershaw and Turner, um, were able to climb the mountain and plant their championship flag at the top uh, in 2020 and finally get there and win it all. So I'm so happy for those guys. And I can just see it in their body language that it was such a huge relief for them. And for us as fans, uh, you know, 32 years of being, you know, close and not quite getting there has been, you know, very frustrating. And uh, the past several years have been tough because we have been so good and so close, but haven't gotten the haven't gotten the job completed and they finally did that. So, um, but to answer your question about how I got to the Dodgers, it, it, it's kind of a crazy story. I mean, I, I, uh, I have spent a lot of time at Dodger stadium over the years. I've been in Los Angeles since 95 and I've done everything from sing the national anthem a dozen times at Dodger stadium before Dodger games to being in uh, an emergency medical technician doing uh, EMT standbys uh, with American uh, medical response at Dodger Stadium. You know, you see those EMTs in the in the concourses with their gurneys and, and their gear. I, I was one of those guys uh, for a while. Uh, I've been a reporter and covered uh, things like, you know, Manny Ramirez's introduction to the media. So I've done all this stuff at Dodger Stadium. And then I had the opportunity to uh, to audition the announcer's gig. And that came after um 2014 when i auditioned to be the padres pa announcer they had like an open american idol style call um for a pa announcer and i think they were trying to like get you know create some media or, or social media buzz around around the, the 10th anniversary of petco park back then and so i went out there with thousands of other people and stood in line and wrapped around the stadium had my chance to go out there and, and make an announcement and they kept whittling it down 2,500 people to 500 people to 100 people to 50 to, you know, and I made the top three and the top two, and then they gave the job to the guy that's been doing it ever since. It's just something I did because I was like, well, I should give this a try because I think I could do this. And um, the next season, the Dodgers, or I heard that the Dodgers might be looking for a, uh, a part-time fill-in uh, PA announcer. So I said, hey, I'm your guy. I've, I've just spent uh, several months doing this, doing the job, calling several major league ball games with the Padres, and I'm ready to go. And so they said, well, why don't you come down and call the college baseball classic or call a couple innings of that? So I did. And after I did a couple things, uh, Lon Rosen, the, the senior vice president of marketing and production and everything, came up, I'm going to need you for the Angels series. And I was like, whoa, do I have the job? And he, you know, and so I, so after, after some, you know, negotiating back and forth, the job basically kind of fell in my lap. And so 
one door closed with the Padres, thank God, and one door opened with the Doyers. So, um, so here I am, seven seasons later, and and very grateful uh, to be to be able to do this. Hey, Todd, it's Juan. Uh, well, the Dodgers lost. I mean, the Padres lost is the Dodgers again. You're the perfect guy to ask this question to. This is a little something that we started with uh, Adrian Gonzalez. Being that you, you're also, you've been a lifetime Dodger fan, right? Is, well, is that my understanding? Well, I grew up in Boston. And if, oh. you grew, if you grew up in Boston, you learn to hate the Yankees and love the Red Sox. And so, um, you know, I was, I was in Boston for, you know, until I was teen, say. And so I was a big Red Sox fan. And I, but I was a baseball fan, and I, I always admired the Dodgers from afar because they got to the World Series when the Red Sox were having their hearts broken every year. So, you know, back in the late 70s when the Dodgers were always playing the Yankees, I always rooted for the Dodgers, you know. Um, and when we were playing wiffle ball, I were the Dodgers versus the Red Sox. So that's how I got to know, you know, Lopes, Garvey, Say, and Russell, and Pedro Guerrero, and, and all that stuff. Um, and so I was very familiar with them just you know being being uh, from afar and seeing Dodger Stadium I was like man that's a beautiful place in the mountains and the trees and the whole thing so so you know I guess I was a closet Dodger fan back then but now you know now when the Red Sox played the Dodgers in the World Series I was rooting for the Dodgers and uh, no question you know that might you know disappoint some of your listeners that whoa he started out a Red Sox fan but hey you know I, I'm on the right team now, and if your listeners can't see us now, but we're all we're all pretty much Dodger garbed out, you know. And uh, well, it was like it's like finding out that Vin Scully was a Giants fan, right? And then he was, you know, doing the Dodgers for as long. The, the reason why I bring it up, I know you you're an alum. Uh, is this correct? You're an alum of US uh, UC San Diego. That's correct. Yeah, I went to. UC. So, how, how much time did you spend down in San Diego? Just my college years. I loved it down there, the beach. You know, I lived right in Del Mar on the beach, and 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 I loved it. But and I was a kid. You know, I was 19, 20 years old. But I came up to Los Angeles, and um, and with my now wife back in '85, and I've been here ever since. And so I'm an Angelino, and okay. no question about it. So that being said, you know San Diego, you know LA. We are big taqueros here on the show. We're all about tacos here. And this is now a little something that's become a tradition on the show where we like to ask our guests, what is your favorite taco? And in a follow-up question for you, being that you've been in San Diego and in L.A., which one is a better taco town, San Diego or L.A.? And do you have any favorite spots? Well, um, tacos al, al pastor are my favorites. Nice. I, love, I like those kind of street tacos al pastor. Um, I, I, uh, there's a place in, um, um, it's, it's, uh, it's not too far from Dodger stadium. It's this little, little hole in the wall on, uh, Glendale Boulevard. Um, not, not far from the Glendale border, uh, and in Atwater village, I forget what it's called, but you walk up and some old lady gives you tacos and it's fantastic. Um, when I was down in San Diego, there was, there was a chain called Roberto's. And it was kind of a fast food, kind of a Mexican place and fantastic food. And to live, our, our, our back wall shared their parking. We, that, that's what we ate like almost every day. So that had to be a favorite in San Diego. 
but here I can't even remember the name because you just walk by and, 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 and get tacos and breakfast burritos and stuff. Um, Is it taco zone by chance? It might be. It's, it's such a little tiny place. I mean, the, you you make your order through a screen window and, and, uh, yeah, but it's not Atwater village, just, just right there. So, um, that's one of my pineapple. Do you get pineapple on those tacos there? I could do that. Yeah. You know, the, I like, I like pineapple pizza or Hawaiian pizza, whatever. I'll eat that. There, there are certain, there are certain places that serve al pastor that have pineapple, right? And that's when you sit there and you go, oh, wow, this, this might be a legit taco place. So that I was just curious because we're compiling, yeah, no, I've, I've a, we're compiling a list of all the places to head in LA. So thank you for contributing to that. Yeah, but I couldn't even give you the name of it, so I'm sorry. It, it was just one of those things <laughs> I would walk by and get. But I, I think if you walk through Atwater Village, you know, down the main drag there, you'll you'll see it. It's right there. You uh, just made it a very interesting game for our listeners. So now they're all going to be driving around Atwater and Glendale area looking for this place where Todd Lights goes to get tacos al pastor. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. I mean, now you're making me hungry. It's lunchtime right now while we're speaking, so I could go for it. Now. A, a hot take that I've uh, I've had about pineapple. I don't I don't I don't believe that pineapple belongs on pizza or tacos. If you want to fight me about it, we can fight about it. That's cool. But uh, but I I, I will uh, I will defend the integrity of pizza and tacos to the end. That no uh, no no piñas belong on uh, on either. Alonzo just chose violence today. Good job, Alonzo. I woke up choosing violence, but I stand by my statement. I own it. And- you know, he he thinks piñas have their place. You know, I I can I can relate. I can relate. In fact, we just did, a, we do a Dodger thing called Ask the Dodgers, and a recent one was pineapple on pizza, and uh, it was pretty funny to hear the guys, the guys' takes on whether they like pineapple on pizza, so I guess that's a thing. But I, you know, I think it gives it a little, little tropical flavor for the tacos and for the pizza, so I, I like that. No, and, and I listen to each their own, but if I wanted a, a tropical anything, I probably wouldn't eat pizza. That's just my take. So to add, to add a little more controversy to this, are you a pizza over a taco guy then, Todd? Well, I am half Italian, so um, love pizza, uh, and I and I, I like to make pizza. I like to eat pizza. I like to make Italian food because I got a big Italian family back east. So um, just call me a call me a taco transplant. How about that? <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I mean, as you know, back on the East Coast, it, 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 it can get a little cumbersome trying to find tacos from time to time. So so I, uh, I, I had no that. idea. I had no idea what a burrito was or a taco was when I first moved. We didn't even know what avocados were. We're like, oh. what are these green, squishy things? We had no idea, you know. So so it was, you know, moving to California was a real learning experience for this this East Coast kid. Well, and it worked out. It worked out because now you're the voice of the Dodgers. So, I mean, no no complaints here. You know, I don't think I I think there's a you know, we've heard about the East Coast bias, but I think there's a West Coast bias here where us guys on the West Coast, we just we just look at you guys as the East Coast. How do you not know about this stuff? Jorge Castillo on our last episode was talking about the same thing. You know, he's from Massachusetts also, and he came out here and he didn't know anything about he said he had never been around a Mexican before. So, you know, for him to discover and now his girlfriend's Mexican. So can you talk about Todd? What was that transition coming from the East Coast to the West Coast? Because I, 
when I go to the East Coast, it seems like everyone's on fast forward. I, I'm just like, what? what's the rush? What was that experience like for you? Well, you know, I moved, my family moved us up to the Bay Area. We lived up in the Bay Area for my middle school and high school years. And, and uh, you know, the Bay Area is different than Southern Cal. You know, it's, um, there's a different vibe there. It's, it's colder. You know, I, I thought it was all going to be the sun-kissed commercials and, and Randy Newman, but but it wasn't. The, the ocean was freezing um, because of the Japanese current that comes down uh, across the, you know, and the winters were cold and rainy. And, uh, you know, so it was it was I kind of I kind of was used to having crappy weather from growing up in Boston, uh, but I was still a kid. So I was pretty malleable and I was able to, to you know, and, and there's so much great things here in California that, you know, who could scoff at them, you know? I was like, give me a burrito. I want a burrito. That looks good. You know, give me some tacos. So, uh, you know, it was, it was an easy transition. It really was, but coming down to Southern Cal, that's what I wanted to do. That's why I went to UC. I wanted those hot blonde girls running around on the beach and in Del Mar and, and, and uh, Malibu and stuff. I wanted that. So I went down to San Diego and luckily I met a few and I met one that has now become my wife and she's an LA native. She grew up born and raised here in Los Angeles. And, uh, and, and this is our home now. And this is where we've raised our daughters who are now adults. They live here as well. They were born at Cedar Sinai and, uh, and they still live here to the, they live and work here in Los Angeles. And I think this is where they're going to stay. So we're all Angelinos. I'm very proud of it. And I, you know, I used to work for, um, city councilman Tom LaBonge for the city of Los Angeles. There was no bigger booster of the city of Los Angeles than Tom LaBonge who passed away the same day as Tommy Lasorda died this past this year. And um, this guy was Mr. Los Angeles. This guy was the one who, you know, loved all the great LA landmarks and, and was on the sidelines at the Coliseum with NFL films during the, during the heyday of the Raiders and stuff. I, you know, I've been, I've been inculcated and indoctrinated into the, into the grandeur that is Los Angeles. And I love it. I could even give you the original name of Los Angeles, but given by the original Spanish what is that? Oh, you you guys don't know it? I don't. Uh, no. Uh, what is it? El Ciudad de Nuestra Señora de Los Angeles de Porcioncula. Oh, look at oh. that. Get a little history lesson here but from Todd. Yeah, and it's, you know, the, our, it's, that's where Queen of the Angels came from. Nuestra uh, La Reina de Los Angeles de Porcioncula. And I think Porcioncula, which I was a bad word or something, but... <laughs> We need something like Little Town by the River. And, and they, they, the original settlers settled on the river, on the L.A. River, down where Olvera Street is now. And uh, that was the original settlement, La Placita. Um, so, so, you know, and, and, and L.A., you know, 1784, I think it was established. So it's not a, it's not a baby city. It's a, it's a grand metropolis. But enough about this, you know, politics and all that stuff. You sold me. You don't have to convince me, Todd. Even though you were born in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, you are a true Angelino, especially with dropping that knowledge. You're uh, you're invited to the Carnesada. Just so yeah. you know. All you're right. invited. To, you're invited to the Carnesada. Yeah, that's uh, my second. <laughs> no, and and I mean, one thing that uh, that I did want to ask you, you know, kind of speaking about uh, important to the city of Los Angeles. Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to have anyone on that got to experience the. Uh, 
the uh, the celebration that was the ring ceremony. And uh, I was kind of curious, you know, because I know you guys rehearsed it, and it was it was it was a big, uh, it, it was it was a well done production by the Dodgers. I mean, it, it couldn't have been done any better, and and you were obviously a big part of that. Uh, you know, can can you you know walk us through kind of like the, you know, the day before the rehearsal, and and I know obviously we all want to pray, we all want that. I know you tweeted about that as well, uh, but you know that's the closest as we're going to get to it for right now. But you know, kind of walk us through everything and and kind of how that experience was for you. Well, it was really great because we had to be, be be quiet about the fact that we had all these great who were the idols of the Dodger players uh, that were going to actually be presenting the rings to them and congratulating them. And so that was such a really, really cool little thing that the Dodgers were able to put together and make happen. And so, you know, I had to sit on that for a few days and, and, and make sure that I didn't, you know, ruin the surprise. But a lot of the guys were really surprised. And just to just to look down on them. You know, you guys saw the camera and camera views and stuff, but but I was watching the guys sitting on the rail waiting for their introduction to come out and get their ring as they were sitting there in rapt attention, watching their favorite player growing up, somebody like Junior or Ichiro, um, presenting them with their ring and giving them props and stuff. And they were like little kids sitting there. And it, it just you could just see the 10-year-old uh, baseball fan or little leaguer, um, you know, their idol speaking to them and, and presenting them this ring. It, it just was, the Dodgers are so good about the tradition and the continuity and the, the generational aspect of baseball. Um, and that really hit me in that, in that moment that, you know, these guys were little kids one time and they, they, I, they you know, they idolized Ken Griffey Jr. Or, or Will Clark. We found out that, that Clayton's favorite player was Will Clark um, of the Giants. And, uh, and so it was, it was neat. It was like they were little kids again. And then to see them come out and, you know, get their and then kind of hold it up and look at it and study it and show it off. And it was pretty special. And I, I thought it was really well executed. Opening day is always like a blur for me because, you know, I'm, I'm announcing the entire organization and this guy's in and this guy's not here and that guy, you know, and that's thing as I'm reading it, you know, and, um, so it's always, it's always a crazy blur, but, uh, it's only second only to Jackie Robinson day, which is the most difficult day for me as a PA announcer. And Jackie Robinson day is difficult because everybody wears 42 and nobody's got a name on their back. So these, <laughs> these visiting teams come in and these pitchers come in. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? So we have to figure all that out and, and, and get those guys in and give them their due. So, um, but it was really beautifully done. And I, I, I hope, uh, you know, it was, it was a cathartic moment for Dodger fans to see that and to see especially Clayton get his ring and immediately hold it up to the fans. Uh, I thought that was so cool. Really, really cool. Uh, speaking of rings, Todd, you got a World Series ring. Is that correct? It's, it's on its way. Oh, it's so you haven't way. gotten it yet, but you're going to get it. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how, did, how does that feel? I mean, you're going to have a World Series ring. Well, that, that was, you know, when, when I initially got the job thinking about being a PA announcer, I was like, wow, they won the World Series. Does that mean I get a ring too? <laughs> and uh, so, so having that feeling is, uh, is it, it's, it's really special because, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tremendous achievement and not by me, um, but by the team. However, I, I was there for so much of it. I've been, like I said earlier, I've, I've been there for so much heartbreak, so many gut punches, uh, so many like shocking 
the home runs in the ninth inning that you're like, how did that happen? How did we, you know, um, the 18, the 18 inning game against the Red Sox in the 18 world series, all that stuff. I, all of it. I can't, I can't get up and stomp away from the TV when the Dodgers are, are blowing it. I have to sit there and announce the next guy up, you know, and, and stay, stay frosty with it, you know, and stay professional. And that's hard because I, I do love the team and, and I'm invested emotionally, just like you guys fans are. And, um, so yeah, I've, I've gone with them and lived and died and on the pitch. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like, well, hey, it's, it's something that, that we all earned. Okay, and, Todd, uh, you, you, have special. To, you have to walk me through this because I admire your professionalism. You just hinted at it right now, especially the way they've been playing for this past month. How is it? How are you? How are Dieter? How are the DJs? How do you guys deal with this in, in the stadium watching how this team has been playing? Well, I can't speak for the other guys, but, but I, you know, I know them very well. I mean, me and me and severe have, you know, for, for several seasons have sat shoulder to shoulder and talking and, and sharing our lives with each other. And, and, uh, you know, we're a very tight crew in, in, in there. Dieter sits kind of up behind. Um, so we're, we don't have as much, you know, we do a lot of hand signaling and we have a, we have a rhythm that we've, we've established. But yeah, I, I'm kind of legendary for my for my foul mouth and, and for my passion, uh, my passione corazón um, <laughs> with with the Dodgers. And then and then I'll be like, you know, I'll be dropping f bombs and, and you know whatever. And then now batting, you know. And so um, <laughs> so thank God that, that my my little push to talk. I have a, like a push to talk uh, microphone. It's a toggle. It's not a toggle. So you 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 push it. Keep your hand on it. And, and then you talk, but if you take your hand off, then you're, 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 so, you know, if that thing was toggled on, I don't know, I don't probably wouldn't still have the job, but uh, I, I try to keep it. I try to keep it frosty. I try to keep it professional. And the past couple seasons, they've moved me out into the press box because social distancing. So we can't all be crammed into our booth, like four little sardines, shoulder to shoulder. I've been moved out of the press box next to Bill Shaken or Bill Plaschke, or, you know, some of the, some of the beat reporters. And so I got to be careful, man. The, the, their reporters, uh, they, I, you know, I don't want them, I don't want to see in the newspaper, oh, PA announcer Todd Lights was throwing a tantrum. Of Kershaw <laughs> so I got to be, I got to be careful. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't see the reporters as enemies or anything like that, but I'm kind of in enemy territory out there. And these guys are reporters, they're journalists, they got to do their job and so forth. So I got to be careful now. And I don't know how long I'm going to be out in the press box. Um, I like it out there. I get a slightly better view and a little more airflow. <laughs> um, but, you know, I miss my guys because we had definitely had our own culture in there. We had folks that, that would come back season after season, even, even some that preceded my tenure as PA announcer. So, it, it, you know, you develop this relationship with the people that you're, you know, because you're together, you know, in all kinds of conditions – 82 to 92 games a year or more uh, through thick and thin. So uh, I miss, I miss that camaraderie because, you know, now I'm out there with a reporter, um, but the Dodgers have been scuffling. Let's, let's put it mildly. The Dodgers have not been playing like the Dodgers and we are so spoiled as fans and, and, you know, they, they hardly lost a game at Dodger stadium last year. I mean, it was just unbelievable how, how great they played last year. 
Um, and so, and, and for the past times I've been there, their, their records have been franchise records, home winning records, uh, you know, at Dodger stadium. So, uh, we're not used to, we're not used to getting our asses kicked. We're not used to, to seeing teams come in and sweep us. We're not used to seeing the San Diego Padres on Sunday night baseball, come back from a seven to one deficit and beat us in extras. I mean, that, that was, you know, that, that was galling. And, um, which one would have yeah. been worse, Todd? That one, or if they would have blown that game last Saturday against the Angels after being up thirteen to nothing? Oh yeah. Look, thankfully, I you know when when they're on the road, I, I have to I kind of tune out. I like to listen to the radio because I think baseball is a great radio game. And listening to to Rick and and Charlie and and Tim Everett now, and and so I really enjoy the base. So I, I don't watch so much. Tana's that night. First time I'd been in a restaurant uh, in a year. And I'm with my wife and some friends and we're having an Italian meal. And I see the Kershaw's pitch and it gets the angels. And I look up and, Oh, it's eight, nothing. Oh, wow. Great. 13. Awesome. Okay. I, I can not, you know, get back to eating. And then we get home and I'm like 13, 11, what? 14, 11. What the <laughs> hell? And yeah, so that would have been harsh, but to have to sit there when, with, you know, listening to the ESPN broadcast, oh. a and they were buttering up the Dodgers all game. And then as soon as San Diego started to come back, the tide turned, you know, and as I guess it should, they got to keep the broadcast interesting. But that, to me, that was the worst one that, you know, to see them come in and, and take three out of four. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, there's a place in my heart for San Diego, but not for not for baseball. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am curious because I, I feel like, so I feel like the, you know, you and Severe and Dieter, uh, you know, your whole, your whole crew, it, it, it's reminiscent to me of, of a lot of uh, uh, like NBA setups. And what I mean by that is if you go to the arena, you know, you, you have a, a, a PA announcer that isn't just like a straight PA announcer. Like, you know how there's this, just the, the monotone PA announcer that just says the name and just kind of gets by. And then they, they may have some house music, but as you know, in the NBA, they have DJs. Now the PA announcers a little more, more, uh, more into it, et cetera. And, and I feel like you guys do a fantastic job of, of helping the, uh, the vibe, even when stuff it may, may not be going great as, as Juan alluded to with some of the, uh, the rougher stuff that we've gone through, but how, how long did it take you guys to build that rapport? Cause I attribute that almost to like either playing on a team or playing with the band. It takes a while to kind of, you know, figure out timing with each other and, and get comfortable. Cause, cause obviously everyone's kind of like, okay, you know, because there isn't really a manual per se, as far as how to how to do even what you do. So how long did it take you guys to really get comfortable with each other to kind of have that rhythm as you were talking about? Not not very long. I mean, Severe and I had been doing it for a few years. Uh, Nancy B was the organist before Dieter came on uh, in 2016. So we had kind of a thing going, uh, you know, bef before that. And, and Severe has been there even longer than I have. So um, he's worked with other announcers. But there, there is a personal relationship there. You know, we all genuinely like each other, share our lives with each other, talk, you know, before and after game. Um, we've got a fantastic audio engineer who really, really knows how to deal with the audio acoustics of the ravine. Uh, Patrick Sweeney, who's been there for like 13, 14 seasons or more. Um, so it didn't take long. Um, there, there, was, there was just some, some kind of a magic uh, alchemy or something that happened. Um, when, when Dieter came on, um, he kind of updated some of the song choices that he would play. And obviously watching a game with Dieter playing is, is kind of like, uh, playing uh, name that tune, you know, 
why did Dieter play this tune in that moment? Get and I are from kind of the same era, so we share some of the same musical background. Severe has taught me um, the great hip hop music. Uh, I've learned so much about more contemporary music from from Severe. So it's just kind of a we we all we all dig each other, respect what what we're doing. And for me, when I first came, I was replacing a guy that had been there for many seasons, uh, Eric Smith, and I wanted to be myself. You know, because you can only be yourself, right? But I also wanted to tread that fine line. I didn't want fans to go, "Whoa, who the hell is that guy?" <laughs> you know, I wanted to do traditional transition. And then, as as I got comfortable, I started to add my own stuff the way I guys names and stuff. And I try to give it the energy, but I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to do it like football or basketball. You know, uh, I, baseball is a much more you know steady kind of a thing. Um, so I'm trying to find that for that fine line between making sure there's good energy and uh, and and you know some some gravitas to to what I'm doing, but not going over the top and not not doing anything that's really like I don't know ho- I, what I consider hokey or as we used to say in radio and you may know this, on so um, we used to call them pukers. You know people let's yeah. talk like this. Hey yeah. everybody, come on out and coffee with us here. You know that's I was like come on. Um, so I try to find that 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 nice thing but but as you asked one um you know it that's tough when when the team is not playing good and like you know that, that when when Mookie took that third strike and a strike the other night with the bases loaded oh, in a key situation I was I was like what the you know and but I had to announce Corey and and Corey comes right out Corey Seager he's in the batter's box before the other guy before the you know before the ball is even out of the catcher's mitt so you know, you just got to, and you want to give him his, his due and he's got, you want to give him his music and, and make sure that he's coming in there. And of course he turns out, he hits a two run single and, and kind of gets us, gets us back where we needed to be to, to, to come back and win that game. So I, I'm always co- cognizant of the fact that no matter what happens on the field, we have to do our job up, up top. And I think we, I think we do a really good job of keeping the, keeping the energy in the stadium going and music is so great to do that, but it also is, uh, I also feel like I have my part to play in that as well. And, you know, I can't be like, no, oh, Corey Seager, you know, I, I gotta, be, <laughs> I gotta have, be there for him. Have and you I, ever had, have you had a moment where we're like, you know, something crazy has happened and you're just like, Oh, right. Uh, coming up to the end, like, you know, is, have you ever had anything like that? You, you know, during the game, I'm I'm re- really focused. But yeah, I mean, I remember when uh, in 2019, when when Howie, uh, Kendrick hit that, uh, my light just went out. Howie Kendrick hit that grand slam off of Kershaw, uh, basically to put that that game five out of reach in season. Um, I, I I was physically, um, I just I, it hit. It was that you know I said gut punch. I've said gut punch a couple times. That was one of them. And I love Howie. Howie great guy he was a great dodger he's a great baseball player great angel and he came in and laid the wood to us that that night and with that blow was just oh my god and that was one of those moments where i you know it was really hard to to announce the next batter luckily it was one of their batters so i could kind of give it that monotone you know <laughs> you know ryan zimmerman uh you know so and, 
people notice people notice that all the time they're like hey you know i noticed you're like really up for the dodgers but for the other team you're kind of like i'm like yeah of course i'm the dodgers pa announcer i'm not going to give them any love sometimes i'll give former dodgers a little bit of love when they come back you know like when uh, like if jock or, or kike come back i'll, I'll give them a, a little love and stuff and um but just once you know just, just once is enough <laughs> yeah, give, give the fans a chance to to, to say and we appreciated your your service to the Dodgers, and then then it's game on. Um, but um, I, you know, I'm not even really sure how much the the players even notice what I'm doing up there. But that's okay. I don't spend too much time um, going down there and seeking out that you know the players or or anything like that. Um, DJ Severe has has a, a relationship with many of them because he's able to go down into the press or to the clubhouse and talk about what their walk-up songs are going to be and, and that kind of stuff. And so he communicates with them on that level. Um, but I figure, you know, and but I hear from secondhand that they're, they're digging what we're doing. They like they like the vibe. They're so happy, as we are, that fans are back in the stands too. Because uh, last year was a weird, last year was a trip. Last year was strange. Uh, the crowd noise was, thank God for the crowd noise um, that was piped in. And we had somebody sitting right behind me who was, was doing, you know, different prompts for different types. If somebody doubled in the gap, it was a big swell. If somebody homered, it was a bigger swell. You know, if somebody dropped a ball, oh, you know, so, so the, all that stuff was was worked out and programmed by our our great, um, you know, producer, uh, Tom Darren, who runs Dodger Vision. And so, so that was key because it was just cutouts. It was just us and the cutouts. And I did one game where there was no crowd noise, and it was eerie, guys. I tell you, it was just eerie. Um, but it, but you know, with the crowd noise, it kind of made it feel normal. And I'm not sure how you guys felt watching it on TV. Or it was weird. Day. It was weird. I will say that. I mean, it, obviously, you know, it's an empty stadium, but I can't even imagine like, you know, in, in, in your position, you know, having, having an empty stadium and still being a PA announcer. Uh, but I was curious, you know, what, what, what was, uh, what was that vibe like for you going from, you know, empty stadium to, you know, peppered stadium, I guess, uh, with, uh, what is it? 33% or something like that right now. Yeah, we got about fifteen thousand five hundred are, are allowed. They've sold out every game uh, of the of the home stands that, that we've had. Um, it's it's a huge difference. I mean, fifteen thousand people getting psyched up about something great that's happened when you know is is a is a you know I think Clayton Kershaw mentioned it during uh, his you know in game interview with Joe and Oral last night. He's you know people that can they can make a lot of noise and and I, I love our fans because they they're they're baseball savvy and they understand when, you know, we prompt them to, you know, make some noise and whatnot, but they know when to make noise. They know when to stand up and, and cheer the guys on thousand. Yeah. It doesn't sound like 56,000, you know, rocking the stadium and, and literally making the place shake, but it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I can't wait until we can get a full house. Uh, once again, kind of getting close to that. I have no idea when that'll actually happen, but maybe June, July, maybe. We'll see. And they, did they have you uh, doing any of the, uh, the the postseason stuff in Texas, or was it all recorded? I honestly I don't know the answer to that question, so that's why I was curious. It, that, that was the Texas uh, Rangers public address announcer. So that that was a hard thing for me to not be able to be there for the guys. Uh, they recorded some of Dieter's stuff, and they obviously they had all their walk up songs that the crew over there at, at Globe Life Park would play. Um, but I, I wasn't there. My voice wasn't there. Um, nobody asked me to do that. Um, in fact, we had to call a division series 
between the Astros and the A's uh, at Dodger Stadium because of the protocols and everything. They were playing at Dodger Stadium, and, and then the, another team, another series was going on at Petco. So I had to, I had to call the Astros, the Astros. As we <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, that, that there was it a new is. one. I, I haven't heard that one. Can you repeat that one again, Todd? The uh, Astros. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Astros is perfect. I love it. Yeah, or the you know I've, I've heard all kinds of names for, it, but that was hard because I had to give you know George Springer. You know, all these guys are, you know, whatever. And so, but I had to give him as much love as I would give maybe a Dodger. And I, you know, maybe, I'm not, maybe, yeah, I did. And uh, maybe I'm not professional enough to give, to give him the full, to give the Astros players the full of, because I just couldn't do it. But I do know that the Astros contacted our executive producer and said, Hey, we know how hard that must've been for your crew. We, th- we thank you for doing such a great job for us. They act- they won the series too. So we got, we had to see them celebrate again. Field. <laughs> Seriously. Pain. pain. Um, yeah. Pain, anguish, uh, horror. Um, and, and so they, they said, we're going to, we're going to buy your crew dinner. Uh, so that hasn't happened yet, but <laughs> I've been told that they're at some time this season, they're going to have dinner sent over for us. And that's, you know, at least they appreciated. And I know the ACE, uh, the A's organization really appreciated what we did for them too, because we, you know, we, we did, we did our for their, you know, and I don't know what they're used to back at their regular stadiums, but they got the Dodger stadium treatment. So I believe, uh, I believe it's something with trash cans. I can't confirm, but we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. But, uh, <laughs> but we have, uh, we have Todd lights here for a few more minutes. Um, and, uh, and, and Juan, uh, Juan had an intriguing question for you. Juan, go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, you, you mentioned it. You hinted at it, uh, Todd, being that it was weird last year with not having any fans on there. Is this true? Did you actually sing the national anthem and take me out to the ball game to an empty stadium? I, yeah, I, know, was, I, I yeah. know you've sung the national anthem. And also, I, I want to hear, I know you have a band you know, you you have a history in 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 music, and and what I love about that is that you know there's a lot of times, especially if you're an artist, if it doesn't happen for you, quote unquote, making it big, you tend to give it up. But you kept doing it. You you're still playing in the band, and you're still doing it. And I wish that people would 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 do more of that instead of giving up, right? And oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Obviously, you love it, so you keep doing it. So you weren't doing it for the fame. So if you could talk about those two things, I'd, I'd love to hear your, your answers on that. Well, I, I think I, I mentioned it earlier. I, I sang the national anthem and, and um, God bless America at Dodger Stadium times over the over the years from about 07 to 2013 or something like that. I'd come back twice a year and they they booked me for big games like Mother's Day and Father's Day and stuff like that. So I was kind of regular with with uh, singing the anthem there. So that was there was no. I was no stranger to that. Um, I've also sung many times for the angels. You know, I've gotten to stand up on their dugout and sing, uh, take me out to the ball game uh, during the seventh inning stretch for the angels as well. I sang at Fenway park once. So, um, so I was no stranger to sing anthem and, you know, with no in the stands and every night every, or every day it was Dieter playing just a version of it. So I said to my boss, Hey, let me sing it one I mean, there's nobody here, whatever. I think I sang it one day when we had, um, it was like the, the guys from the alternate site 
were playing a game against each other. So some of the guys like Rios and, and, and Lux at the time came out to got their chance to take their cuts at Dodger Stadium and stuff. So I sang it before uh, before that game. And then I sang it uh, again before a uh, game. And then and then lived out a fantasy by singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the seventh inning stretch, you know, to board cutouts. Um, kind of like Harry Carey used to do it at Wrigley <laughs> Field. Yeah. You know, he'd get up there and say, I had a one, I had a two, I had a three, you know. And, um, and so I always wanted to do that. I always thought, wouldn't it be cool if a PA announcer got up there and sang Take Me Out to the Ball Game and led the crowd and Take Me Out to the Ball Game? So I don't know if they'll ever ask me to do that when the crowd is really there, but that's okay. I don't, you know, whatever. I, I got to do it that day and it was really fun. Uh, as far as the band goes, we, you know, we've been playing. Play- Together with one of my writing partners for since 1996 we first got together and started playing music together and um you know we started by playing we were playing fast pitch softball and we were on a team full of, of uh you know like rock stars we were on we we're on this like uh, showbiz league out in the San uh, San Valley and you know guys like Neil Giraldo who's Pat Benatar's husband and artist and and Matt Bissonette who who's played bass for everybody uh from you know including elton john and you know, i think he's touring with elton john and ringo Starr right now um to johnny crawford who was in berlin you remember that song uh you know uh, riding on the metro by berlin back yeah. in the 80s anyway so all these guys were involved in music and all this stuff and so we got together and we started playing some music together and i've been playing with this one guy ever since and we created a band and uh we, we used to play around town um and then you know we all have other careers and do other things, so we're busy. So it's 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 like for me, when I'm playing softball on the weekends, it's like getting together and, and playing poker or something with my my buddies. It's a chance to go hang out with guys, and you know how guys are. Guys want to do stuff together. They don't. Guys don't just sit around and talk like we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, guys like to do stuff. They like to have an activity, you know. So that's kind of our our way of. of night is is music night let's get together we'll rehearse we'll record we'll write some songs you know and so um so we've been doing that for quite a long time uh you know um i remember rehearsing the the night before 9-11 i was a reporter at the time and we were out we were playing music all night and uh and i was a morning guy morning reporter call in the morning my boss had turned the tv on Uh, the world trade center is burning and and then, then everything went. So, you know, trying to fit that music in, it's just, it's something that you have to pay a little attention to and, and make a little effort to keep it part of your life. And that's all I'm trying to do is, you know, I, I love to sing. I've sung in master chorales and, and you know, like really classical style type music and, and that kind of thing. But for me, it's just about, you know, whatever gift I was given with my voice, I, I try to use it and share it. And, and it gives me great pleasure. So... Um, being a PA announcer is a really great thing for a guy like me to do, uh, you know, because I got a lot of hot air. What a, And what was the name of the band again, Todd? Core. C-O-R-E, core. Like your core friends, your core values, your core music, your core tunes. Um, <laughs> I like it. We have a lot of fun and we, you know, we got some good music. We don't suck. I mean, we're, we're you know, we got some good musicians and, and guys have come and gone over the years, but our, our core of core has kind of stayed together. And so uh, I'm, that's what I'll be doing later tonight on my off night. And, you know, thank God my wife is, is uh, supportive. You know, we've been married for 33 plus years 
So she's kind of like, yeah, you, can, you know, you can get out of the house if you want. That's fine. <laughs> well, listen, Todd, we, we really appreciate the time uh, uh, for you joining us this week. And, uh, and uh, most importantly, if you want to find Todd, uh, you can find him on Twitter. It's at Todd underscore lights, L-I-T. I'm sorry, L-E-I-T-Z. Damn, that's a tongue twister for me. And uh, go give him a follow. And, uh, and likewise, I'm sure he shares all the music stuff on there. So check it out. Uh, but again, huge thanks, Todd. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, Todd. Oh, nice. uh, one, one, uh, three things I learned from you today, Todd. Uh, first, this is your speaking voice. It's not an act when you uh, announce the Dodgers. This is your you. You are a very lucky man to have that voice that you do. Two, I learned the next time I go to a Dodger, sta- Dodger stadium and I'm watching the Dodgers, I'm going to be looking up at that press box to see if you're dropping F-bombs once we start <laughs> losing. It's great to know that you are a real, real fan. And three, what I learned is that you are a renaissance man. You are an example to the rest of us on how to live life and just, just do the things that you love. So thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, keep following your passions, you know, if, whether it's, it's, it's having a successful podcast or, or, or working for a major league organization, just keep following that path until, until you get to where you're going. And to point out that um, Father's Day graduations are all coming up right now. I'm on Cameo.com, which is a really cool site for you to, to you can book me to, to uh, give a shout out to, you know, your dad who's a Dodger fan or, you know, grew up with Kofax or whatever. Um, and uh, go on cameo.com uh, backslash Dodgers PA and for not, not too much money, I'll give you a nice uh, shout out customized to, to the person that you want to you want to give the uh, the love to and uh, check out my reviews. I, people people seem to dig what I'm doing for them. And so I just thought I'd get that in there. Shameless plug, you know, but um, I have a lot of fun doing it because I get I get to interface with the fans. And guys, it's not Dodger Nation. It's Dodger Globe. I mean, I've done them for people in Poland, Manchester, England, all over the world. It's crazy. And all over the country, too. So um, it's a lot of fun. So it's cameo.com backslash announcer if you want to shout out from the voice of Todd. And there's no such thing as a shameless plug, in my humble opinion. But you're not wrong about the, the Dodger Globe thing. I've, I've been in Europe and, uh, and I've seen plenty of Dodger caps from, from non-Americans. So, so that's 100% true. Uh, but, uh, but again... Todd, huge thanks. Uh, go find him on Cameo. I'm probably going to ask my wife to do that for me for Father's Day now. So, I mean, that's just a wrap. But, well, that's right, um, Father's Day, too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Father's Day is, uh, is I mean, my birthday's next month, too. So, I mean, they, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be like, listen, babe, go hit go hit up uh, the homie Todd Lights and uh, and give me a Cameo. And uh, well, you hey, should, if too. You are, if you guys are ever at the stadium, um, you know, send me a message or something via email or whatever and say, hey, we're at the stadium. You, you know, I'd love to come out and meet you guys in person. You guys are cool guys and and, and dig the podcast. And and I, I love your love for the Dodgers. So go Dodgers. No, we appreciate it. Thank you so much, Todd. All right, guys.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.